this is Coffee Number 5. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. Today we're here with Janina Oyarzo. It's such a pleasure to have you, Janina. Thank you so much for being with us. And it's finally so great to have another Latina with us. Yes. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And having another Latina living in Los Angeles and coming and having similar experiences and coming to this city of angels and try to make it your city and and get the city to know you. So how how did you land here? So I came to LA in 2011. Um, to be 100% honest, the person I was dating at the time was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to this, this trip to LA. Uh, do you want to come and see if, you know, you can make relationships? And it went from like two different trips to after the second trip, they decided with their, with the company that they had to go ahead and move. And I was helping the company at the time grow. And they were like, hey, you know, um, we're moving all of our clients and with what you wanted to do, which at the time was broadcast journalism. He was like, I think you have more of a chance making it out here than you do in Miami because in Miami they just wanted like a girl in a bikini rolling around in the beach with a microphone. And I've never been that kind of person. So I was like, okay, yeah. Well, you know, while hustling to find a hosting opportunity and going to school, I was helping that company grow And I just saw no negative in doing that. So I did that. And within the first few months of being here, I signed up to LA Casting, which is a site that you sign up if you want to do like commercial or print work. I took headshots and I landed a Dave and Buster's commercial. And then from there, within three months, I started submitting myself to agents and I got picked up by an agent and I was with them for a year. And I was working constantly and um, managing that, being the CFO of that company that I was working for, going to school full-time online. And then I landed a gig with Tidal as their bilingual host, which was a dream job for me because I love music. I grew up in music and um, I was the company I was working for was a music company. That's so cool. Yeah. So it was like a dream and it was extremely long hours basically handling everything and my personal life but and I don't know why but somehow the uh, music industry always everything happens at night oh yeah so it's like we had you know I was working like a good like probably like 16 17 hour days managing everything while going to school but at that time I didn't care like I was young I had just graduated high school like I was like what else am I going to be doing and you know, coming from Miami, I started partying kind of young, which I probably shouldn't have. So partying in LA and Miami was different or yeah, was kind of the same? When I, moved to, when I moved to LA, partying wasn't really my focus. So growing up in Miami, you start partying pretty young because everything is accessible to you. So I think that even though that's not great and I don't recommend that, I got it out of my system. And by the time I was 18 and I moved to LA, I didn't care for it. I had been to the 21 and over clubs. I had, you know, gone to a festival. I, I had unfortunately drank underage, you know, and like, I just didn't care for it. I've never been into drugs. So I didn't have the curiosity to go into that. 
And probably what helped me was that I was doing school online because I was working so much. So I wasn't peer pressured by my friends in college. I never had the college experience. I went straight from high school to I did one semester of college in Miami and then I transferred to online because I was working so much. And did you, did you have any cultural shock from Miami to LA besides not having family or friends? Um, I, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, there's more, I would say like Mexicans here and in Miami, it's more Colombians, Cubans, Venezuelans. Um, but I was in such a work bubble that I didn't even realize that. I've always been friends with so many different types of cultures in Miami. I had Asian friends, African-American friends, um, European friends that it never really made me feel out of place. Well, that's what I loved about LA. That's, I think, one of the things that made me fall in love with Los Angeles, that I had that amazing multicultural. I will uh, say there was one girl, because it was like seven of us that moved all here at the same time. And I do remember one girl was extremely homesick. And if you ask her, she had a different experience. So I think it just depends. Like, I think also growing up in Venezuela and leaving Venezuela at a young age and then going through my mom, my mom, her divorce with my stepdad and moving a lot throughout Miami made me not really be attached too much to Miami. I see. Make any sense. So when I moved here, I was like, okay, just a new place. Like, got to yeah, come. kind of a nomad already. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, okay, moving a lot, changing from one place to another. You need to meet new people. You need to get new jobs. Yes. And always trying to grow as a person, grow professionally. So what's your trick? How you present yourself? Because this is all about marketing ourselves. So you have to have some cards under in your sleeve, inside your sleeve that you know. That, I mean, every day we're not having the best days. And I know that some days I just pull off my, my lipstick, my high heels, and that put me in the mood. And I know that I'm all business. What's for you? I have been told I can sell water to a whale. Now, if you've never heard that statement, it means that I can make you believe me and not necessarily that I'm lying, but I can be very persuasive. And I think it all comes with a mental. So if I'm going to work, uh, I'm going to an audition, I mean, not an audition, an interview at Toyota, right? And I'm going to go work in Toyota. And for some, whatever reason, I want to work there. I am not going to have on my resume that I worked for music companies. I'm going to have on my resume that I was probably the, the executive assistant jobs that I had, any customer service jobs that I have, because that's another thing. I've had every job besides restaurants. I've never worked in a restaurant or in the restaurant field, but I've had every job possible. And I think a lot of the times we were talking about earlier about the whole resumes, I learned very early on to only put in your resume um, three to five things that connect and make sense to the job that you're going to. So I'm not going to put that I was a babysitter. Why? Even if I was for three years, a babysitter for a high-end like a high-end employer, like it it makes no sense. I'm not going to go and put, you know, but I will put that maybe I was a manager of a clothing store 
and I was top in sales, I will put that maybe let's say I worked in a restaurant because that shows customer service, you know? Um, so these are just examples since I said like- I'm from the other side, from the employer point of view, I can tell you like, please don't apply if you have nothing to do with the position that you're gonna be applying for. Yeah. Because you're not gonna get the call anyway. And understand that let's say you really, really wanna work in a certain company, and you apply to be the executive assistant of the president, you have to have executive assistant experience if you want to be the executive assistant of the president of the company. So if you don't, look for a lower position in that company and grow. Because you can always advance within three months, within six months, if they see that you- Absolutely. And be honest. I mean, I one of the things that we've been seeing our company was growing a lot this year. We have to hire a lot of people. And when we interview people, it's impossible to lie. The people can make it to the interview lying in a resume. But then in the interview, in the questions, you can tell when people lie. Mm -hmm. It's impossible if you don't have the knowledge or the experience. Yeah. Or your first week of work. You know, you can lie through your interview. You can lie through your resume. But it's going to show when you get that first project. It's going to show when you have that first. If you've never been an executive assistant and you get told to do an itinerary and you have no idea how a template of an itinerary has, is supposed to be done or how to book a flight and what questions you should be asking your boss and what questions you need to give them on the itinerary, it's going to show. Absolutely. I mean, you're going to show that you don't have that experience. Even we had situations that people say that they speak a second language fluent, bilingual. Yeah. And then they don't speak it at all. Yeah. I I see that a lot too. On my end, it's a little different the way my frustrations with that, because um, on the hosting aspect, for example, there's politics. And I see so many times hosts get hired as bilingual hosts that cannot say a complete sentence in Spanish. And it's so frustrating to me And on my end, on entertainment, it's definitely politics because it's, yeah, they may not be able to speak it, but the last job they were at was ABC or Extra or, you know, E! News. So that wins the client over, which sucks. But, you know, for me, I always stick to my guns and I know that what's for me will come for me in my time. And when the person does say, hey, I need a bilingual host, and they don't care about the followers, they don't care about your past jobs um, and the notoriety of that, but they care about the value in your work, they will pick me. Just like when I worked for Title, you know, like it was great. It was great. This is what I preach. And I always talk to my team about this, my students and in, in the show or my online training is like, if in this world, and mostly now in the digital world, everything is changing so fast and all the t- time is evolving. And we need to keep updating and upgrading ourselves mm-hmm. all the time. So if you don't keep learning, you're gonna, you're all news. Yeah. So the only thing that you can do is keep learning and keep learning. And one of these days is going to show. I can show you. It's like doctors. Doctors never stop learning. Absolutely. They they have to learn the new technology. They have to learn about new procedures, new new machines to do certain things. Mm -hmm. And in your line of work, there are 
always ways to be learning. There are always things that you could learn that can amplify your your position, you know, whether it's an executive assistant, whether it's customer service, whether it's your own brand, there are softwares that you should, that you could be learning that makes it as, as a person, we can always evolve and we can always grow. Yes. There's no excuse to stay as we are. Even if you're in a good place in your life, okay, it's a great place to be better, to learn new things. Yeah, 1000%. So, I mean, I, there are so many things I'm, I think that if I would be done, okay, I would le- go and learn another language or another instrument. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. There are so many things that I could be doing. Yeah, 1,000. And I think with me, that's why, um, like we were talking about earlier, when people ask me what's my end goal, I at first I would get really insecure. Even like up to the last year or six months ago, I hate when people ask me, so what's your end goal? I don't know what's my end goal and that's okay. Don't look down on me for it because I'm constantly learning and what I learn tomorrow can evolve me and shift my current position that I'm currently doing and take me somewhere I had no idea, but it could be somewhere so amazing. And you know what? For example, if someone will tell me, even when I was a teenager, what do you want to be doing? I would have never be able, I want to be working in the digital industry because there was no digital industry. Mm-hmm. So how we would have known. So we, you need to be open to opportunities and what comes next. Yeah, 1000%. I, I think you're limiting yourself by only choosing one path. And, and listen, if your goal was to be a doctor, I am not knocking you. If your goal was, since you were five years old, you were like, I want to own a shoe store. God bless you that you have such a direct path. But even in the shoe store, you could meet somebody five years into your business when you're in your 20s and that person is a well-known restaurant owner and out of nowhere, like a little switch comes on and you have a great idea for a restaurant. So what? You're going to give your idea for free and not take the opportunity to become a partner and be a restaurant owner yourself that could be extremely successful because from the beginning you, you were told, oh, I'm going to be a brand owner that owns a shoe company. No, expand your horizons. There is a quote and, and on Forbes, and I believe any of these like big financial magazines and sites, it says to be able to be a millionaire, you have to have six forms of income. Shoe company is one. You can be a millionaire with one, but you can be a billionaire faster. <laughs> Absolutely. And now with social media, you are silly if you have the opportunity to make money on social media and you do not take it. Absolutely. Um, and also, it's silly not to have the opportunity in social media to connect or reconnect with people. I know a few people that still say, I'm not doing social media. I'm not doing LinkedIn. I'm not doing Facebook. I say, okay, I can understand if you don't want to do it personally, but that's how business is done today. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're not in LinkedIn, how do you connect with other people in your industry? And many times you, by telling what you're doing or your um, achievements, People will approach you. Yeah. And you get business. To my friends, I have different different hats, right? I wear the marketing hat, 
sometimes. I wear the influencer hat sometimes. I wear the hosting hat. And I also wear the hat of working for a music company. And sometimes working for a music company can be kind of like a very delicate topic because not always do they respect or value my influencer side. And my influencer side came by accident from hosting because my mentor at the time said, create a blog. You're hosting for title right now, but create a blog because the world's about to go digital and you can make money from it. And I did it and I started getting money from it. But still to this day, sometimes the people in the music side don't really take me seriously for bringing in income on the influencer side and kind of diminish or like look down on that when I'm not showing any bad body part of me. I do it very classy. I try to bring a light and love to people. You know what? That's their problem. Yeah. But what, what I was saying in regards to that is that while that does that, I think that why not? It's something that I'm knowledgeable in and it's something that comes natural to me and that can bring me an opportunity. And I was telling my friend last week, I was doing a project and I said, hmm, I don't know. Do I post that I'm on set again? Because honestly, it, it brings me work. When I show people that I'm back on set, it reminds directors, producers, photographers, casting agents. It reminds them of me because there's so many people in the world that you know, you get forgotten about. And me showing somebody that I'm on set in front of the camera, oh, I have this project. I can book Yanina. I forgot. Oh, she's- Of course. It's rem oh. Remember, remind the world that you're there, that you're present and you're still available and you're still doing things. Yeah, and that's not going to take away from the job that I may be doing in the music world or in branding or marketing. But the reality is if I'm able to balance all of that, all of that and being on set, I have to post about it because it is like ringing a bell to people that I may not even know are watching, people that may not even follow me that may be looking at my stories and I come up in their brain for an idea, for an opportunity. So I do that. And I think that a lot of the times too, people look at social media as a negative because they're like, I don't want to be in front of the camera. That's fine. I think also there is another issue. People don't understand that each uh, platform have a native language and they confuse what to post where. Oh, so they end up to posting something totally personal in LinkedIn. And that's a no, no. No. What I tell people, like when I worked with artists and I was doing the marketing for artists, whether it was a content calendar or whatever I made recently, not recently, like six months ago, I made a content calendar for a new artist. And in there I had Twitter, I had YouTube, I had Instagram, I had Facebook like page and TikTok wasn't really out at that time. So I had those. And in there, I told her, Twitter is where you say your thoughts. Instagram is where you share your highlight reels. YouTube is where you share more than five to 10 minutes of who you are, whether that's your day in the studio, whether that is your traveling blog, whether that is your diary. And then Facebook is where you talk and you kind of share a little bit of everything there but it's also for an older audience. It's the family and friends section. And I was like, so you have to think about it that way. I'm not going to go and do a 10 minute IGTV on my Instagram because it probably won't read well. Now, if I do it like enough times, people will start knowing me for those 10 minute IGTVs, but naturally it will read and be understood better on YouTube. Absolutely. Cause it's a native 
platform for videos. Yeah, if I start posting stories on TikTok and I have 70 TikToks in one day of just my daily life, it's not going to do good. On TikTok, what am I going to be branded for? If I'm branded for dancing, do dance videos, dance videos, dance videos, dance videos, and they will pick up. Do YouTube uh, beauty videos, beauty videos. My friend wasn't growing on TikTok. And then she did one video that said five target things you must buy. And it got 1.1 million views. And she was like, huh? She started doing Target, Home Goods, um, Walmart, and something else. And every single time she did it, 1.5 million and up. Yeah, she found her niche. Yes. But also at the same time, you need to know that you cannot be in everywhere. You need to choose who's your target audience and find them where they are. Mm-hmm. So, and you don't have to be in every single platform. You yeah. just need to be where your target audience is. And if you and if you understand your audience like yourself, you will understand things better. Like, I don't go and watch wrestling matches. <laughs> I don't watch sports, really. I don't sit and watch sports. Maybe if I get invited to a sports event, I'll watch it. But I don't know any sports player by names. So why would I create content that is sport-related? when I don't even like it myself. Why would I go and create, start, let's say I start creating an IGTV series about WWE. People are gonna be like, huh? She does not know about this. She does not like this, why? So what am I gonna do? I'm gonna create things that are about depression when I'm writing because I suffer from depression since I was little. I'm gonna talk about anxiety when it's when we're talking about inner. Then when we're talking about outer, I'm going to show you that I can be the girl next door that looks cute and puts a cute outfit together. I'm not going to be raunchy because on or off the camera, I don't dress raunchy. I'm not going to go and dress super, I don't know, goth because on or off the camera, I don't shop for stuff like that. When I do makeup, I do very natural, (laughs) neutral stuff. I don't do a rainbow eye. It's just not who I am. So people know to come to me for natural looking makeup that may yeah, not- you you are you have this persona who is you are your personal brand so you need to keep your own brand but i want to move this conversation somewhere else for a little bit and it's a, something that i was talking to someone else this week and i think it's really important to bring it up for okay. every woman that is an entrepreneur and every young woman who wants to be in different business as an entrepreneur or running their own business. It's, it's hard because it's a tough business and it's a lonely business. Mm-hmm. And how do you deal with that? It's a very competitive business between your own friends. Exactly. So like it's uh, like a secret taboo. They won't tell you that you're their competition but you kind of just are aware of it and respect it and know that there's some questions you don't ask and there's some questions you can't ask. And sometimes you want to, you know, that you have some friends who cannot understand mm-hmm. their life and, as an entrepreneur. That's another thing too. Either it's like you have some friends that are basically your competition and then some friends that just don't understand why you do what you do. Yeah. So and like, having... why not just have a nine to five and you have a constant salary a month and you go home and that's it. Why not? Why are yeah. you why, why you need more? Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you stressing yourself? Why are you crying, allowing yourself to cry when you have panic attacks because you don't know what's gonna happen? But what they don't understand is like 
the happiness and fulfillment when you actually feel you're doing something for a purpose. Well, and also it's, for me, at least it's be able to give back. Well, and for me, that's what I mean by purpose. When you have a purpose, you know that it's like beyond you. And that's what I feel like when it comes to social media, a lot of people don't realize. My favorite things to do is when Foot Locker invites me to do this walk, which because of COVID, we haven't done it, but they do this walk a year where we're able to like give kids over a hundred kids in one day, fresh pair of sneakers, you know, like, like what, when I give, when I give back to things and I write my blogs or I'm open about my anxiety or depression and I get essays from people on DMs and 80% of them are guys telling me that they suffer from depression. And for me, that's so being a girl being told that, that they're not hitting on me. They're like, wow, I'm a man that also suffers from depression to me to be able to have a conversation where they say your blog really helped me. And it made me feel like I'm not alone to me that that's, that helps me. You know, I go and speak at high schools and one year I started crying because I went to speak at a high school, uh, two times that year. And at the second time that I went, they all wrote me thank you cards within those two times. One person came out to their family Another person had the strength to tell their family, I don't want to go to medical school. I want to be a fashion designer. I had another person tell me I've been physically abused by my boyfriend and I finally broke up with him. I like all these things that I was just like, wait, me because of me. And they were like, yeah, you gave me the strength. Yeah, you helped me. Like when the little kid is happy to receive their new shoes, like it literally makes me happier than anything else in the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, each one in this world has a purpose and not everyone is in the same place. And thank God we are not in the same place. And so I think we should respect each one. And I know it's hard to be an entrepreneur. It's lonely mm-hmm. and, and it's hard because we fall and we have to get up again. And we fail and we need to learn from our failures. And we have to be our cheerleaders when nobody else believes in us. Yep. Or everybody else is telling us, like, I just don't see it. But if you have a, a vision, but that's also what it makes you an entrepreneur is that when you believe in something, you keep trying. Mm-hmm. And with that, I want to thank you so much for being here. It was amazing. And I'm sure I will have you again because I I love talking to you. I can talk. (laughs) I can see that. So I definitely have you back. Perfect. It was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.